It's good to see all of you this morning, and I'm just going to continue where I left off. I was talking from Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, if you can turn to that. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful. Come on, say that with me. Be, be fruitful. Multiply. Then? The four key words. Fruitful. Multiply. Replenish. And subdue. Say that with me one more time. Fruitful. Fruitful. Multiply. Replenish. Subdue. So God said to man, have dominion. The problem is, man does not know what dominion is. So when you see Adam and Eve, what are they dominating over? They have no idea. So God gives them an idea on what they need to do and how to dominate. When you talk about domination, you have to understand that without performance, okay, without performance, there is no domination. For performance to come into play, there has to be productivity of the person. So when you talk about dominating, when you look in the sporting field, when you talk about somebody like a Carl Lewis, anybody know, heard of a Carl Lewis? All right, or, 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 or uh, have you heard of Usain Bolt? Okay, what did these guys do? They dominated their sport, right? Why did they dominate their sport? Because they were such high-level performers, right? Why were they such high-level performers? Because they were absolutely productive when they began to do their exercise routines. When they did their training, they were highly productive. Now, the problem here is we have not really understood those first four concepts which God gave the church, all right? The first concept, the first rule of thumb is to be fruitful that is why india has a massive population if that was what the bible said then india would be the most blessed country india and china for that matter but that is not because god said when he said be fruitful he meant be productive all right for a performance to be seen and recognized there has to be productivity all right say productivity so what happens is god is always looking for people who are productive say productive because I want to get this into our heads today because productivity is the key to performance. All right? Now, without productivity, nothing ever happens. So God said, be fruitful. Okay? Now, we think and we have been taught that fruitful means to have a lot of children. If that was the case, Abraham did a bad job. Joshua did a bad job. Caleb did a bad job. Every one of the Old Testament saints did a bad job. They should have had a few hundred children, but none of them did. Okay? Then, the second thing you have to understand is God cursed the womb of Eve. If this was what he was saying, have more babies, then he would not have cursed the womb of Eve. All right, are you with me so far? So what it is, is it's all about productivity, not having too many children. Okay, like I said, if that was the case, then India and China would be the most blessed. It is not. If you read the Tamil Bible, it tells you to have lots of children, but it's a wrong translation. All right, so you've got to understand that when God says fruitful, it means what? It means productivity. All right, now productivity is different from performance all right because without productivity there is no performance all right now you teach your children to be productive they will be lifelong performers let me repeat this one more one more time if you teach your children to be productive they will be lifelong performers but the mistake we all usually make is this if you teach your child to be performance oriented then they will only be productive once in a while why? Because only when somebody is watching, they will be productive. You are required to make your children productive through every season of their life. That's why the Bible says, be ready in season and out of season. Why? Because it's all about being productive. Look at somebody and say, I'm, be, I'm going to be productive. Okay? Now your productivity dictates your performance. Let me repeat this one more time and say this with me. Your productivity dictates your 
performance. All right. Now, uh, uh, when you look at uh, 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 a person who is working in a company, all right, how do they measure their value? Their performance. Effectively, what are they saying? How productive they are in a company all right your salary is based on your productivity your performance is based on your productivity so the fundamental thing is productivity without productivity nothing happens all right so a child who goes to school how is the child's productivity measured talk to me how is the child's productivity measured by something called an examination yes right how is this performance rewarded how was his performance rewarded? Our young man here did a nice thing. He, he got really good marks, 90.40%. Uh, All right. So did his parents reward him for his? Not yet. Not yet. Amen. It's fine. But I know they will. But they're going to reward his performance. Right? Not his productivity. They're rewarding his performance. Why? Productivity comes first followed by performance okay let me repeat this again those of your parents don't teach your children to be performance oriented teach them to be productive every day the more productive they are they will be performance oriented right through their life all right it's absolutely important for us now as a christian how is your productivity measured as a christian how is your productivity measured by god talk to me as a Christian, how is your productivity measured? Because everywhere the Bible tells you to be productive. In other words, he uses a nice term. He says, bear fruit. That's being productive. All right? So you have to figure out when God says bear fruit, he's saying be productive. All right? Like I told you, I gave you a classic example. Adam and Eve had a problem sitting on the chairs. I mean, sitting on the floor, sitting on the rock, sitting on the mud, on the grass. So they wanted a table and a chair right so they go to God did God make them a table and chair no what did God do God gave them the idea and he had already given them the provision the tree was inside so God told Adam here this is what a, uh, a tree looks like I mean sorry this is what a chair looks like this is what a table looks like and then what does he do he uses that idea and then he makes the table he makes the chair he patents the idea calls it furniture calls it table calls it chair and what does he do he becomes a multi-millionaire in today's world you understand what I'm trying to say what was what, what did what did Adam do he became productive all right what are you going to be doing you're also going to be productive because even God created things right he put everything for sustenance in the seed now do you see a seed uh, going to God in prayer and saying God bless me no you take a seed a seed does not sprout until it is put into the mud in the right environment right so it puts he puts the seed into the mud and within the seed the capacity to multiply is there within each seed there are a million other trees yes or no why is there a million other trees because that's how God designed the seed that's how God designed you and I within you is the capacity to multiply a million times over the problem is the body of Christ has forgotten to be productive and they try to be fruitful that means have more children. That's also great fun. But it is not biblical in the terms of what we're trying to learn here today. All right? So now your productivity determines your performance. And your performance dictates your dominance. Let me repeat this one more time. Your productivity, say that with me. Your productivity shows your performance. Your performance shows your dominance in the market. Take any business. 
the business, if they're absolutely productive, tell, tell you, tell, you know what? They're going to have great performance. They're going to have staff who are performing well. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to dominate the market. Now, did God tell you to dominate? Yes or no? Yes or no? How did he tell you to dominate? He gave you four steps. What are the four steps? Come on, talk to me. The first one is to be fruitful. The second step is to multiply. The third step is to replenish. And the fourth one is to subdue. Amen. All right. Now, please, 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 please look at me. Look at this simple thing with me. Matthew chapter 25. Quickly, Matthew chapter 25. And we are reading verse 14 onwards. This is a scripture all of you know. It's about the talents. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. And the word goes to say, for the kingdom of heaven. What are we talking about? We're not talking about a religion. We're talking about the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus taught about. For the kingdom of heaven is, is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants. Whose own are you? Who do you belong to? You belong to Jesus. The kingdom belongs to Jesus. What did he do? He called you. And he delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. What the ability she has got from God is not the ability I have. The ability my wife has is not the same ability I have. Everybody's ability is different, right? You know, you, it is acceptable, yes or no, right? You know that. Now, according to the ability that you have, what has God done? He's given you a talent. Now, what is your job to do with a talent? What do you have to do with the, with the talent? Okay? Now, the key here is you've got to be productive with your talent because you're supposed to bear fruit a lot of Christians what do they do they go and pray that's not what is required you what you need to do is you need to be productive all right say productive productive, productive right according to several ability and straight away he took his journey so here it is the, the the owner what does he do he gives these people talents okay and he turns around and he walks away and he goes then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same two years later and made double. Yeah? He traded it in two years time, yes? I'm sorry, what? Let me read another version for you. Let me read the message version. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. Right off. Say right off. When? 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 The minute the master turned and left, what did this wise man do? He immediately took the five talents, put it to work, and he doubled it. What was he? Was he productive? Yes. Was he performance-oriented? Was he rewarded with double? Yes, he was. Why? Because Christ is coming back for those who are fruitful, not for the Christians. Hey, look at me. Look at them and ask them, are you performance-oriented or are you a Christian? Ask somebody. Come on. He's not looking for Christians because there are so many unholy Christians. What is he looking for? The one who are productive. Are you productive? That's the question. Hey, Rethi, are you productive? Are you productive? Are you productive? That's the question. All right. The way your management structure is done on earth today, it did not come because the management is wise. It came because God had ordained that. All right. Your management structure today is biblical. All right. Now see, please watch this. Please watch this. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investments. God the Father has invested into you. What is your job? I'm sorry, what? To be fruitful, meaning what? 
to be productive. All right. Now watch this. Proverbs 18 and verse 9 says something beautiful. Something powerful. Something great. Which says, Proverbs 18 verse 9 says, Whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. Whoever... In my words, whoever does not have quality in their work is a brother to him who destroys. Is a brother to him who destroys. In effect, it's the same thing. When you don't have a structure of quality in your life, in your workplace, in your house, if you don't have quality, you are a brother to somebody who destroys. Look at somebody, ask them, are you a destroyer or are you a builder? Come on. Are you a destroyer or are you a builder? Are you a destroyer or are you a builder? Because I'm going to show you something very interesting here. Are you a destroyer or are you a builder? Because as a body of Christ, you are a builder, not a destroyer. But then you have got the concepts all mixed up. That's where the mistake starts. So work with me here. Alright? So whoever is slack in his work. Does anybody know what slack in his work means? Huh? Slack in his work means non-productive. You know why you're non-productive? Because you become lazy. Alright? Now... I'm reading Matthew chapter 25, Matthew 25, 26, 27, the message version. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. What's the master saying? He's telling the guy with the one talent who buried it for security, for security reasons. He says, that's a terrible way to live. Do you know why? Your security is not your job. It is not your money. Your security is your God. That's why many times we at a very interesting point in our life, we lose our jobs or we have so much stress in our job because God wants to find out who your security is. Your security is your God, not your job. You understand? Okay? So when you understand your security is from your God, you will not bury your talent underground. Now watch this. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It is criminal to live cautiously like that. He's saying, man, you did not take a risk. You did not go out and do what you're supposed to do. You did not uh, stick your neck out for what is right. You sat in your house and did nothing. That's what he's saying. Okay? If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Okay? Now watch this. Take the talent and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this. Play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. Any of you actually into investments? Anybody invests? I know Biju you invest, right? You know the, 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 the company, the, the bank you bank with, they profile you, you know that, right? And they profile you and they tell you if you are low risk category or high risk or, you know, you, you want safety. Well, what category do you guys come, come under? You know where I come under? I come under high risk. Because I put some money in, if I get it back, I get it back. If I don't get it back, I'm in. You know why? Money is not mine. It didn't come from anybody else. It came from him. It goes back to him. Okay? 
this is what the bible says he's the god is not looking for guys or people who are after low risk who are looking for the safety of their homes he wants you to go out and take a risk why that's the only time you see the hand of god that's the only time you see the miracles of god you talk about jonathan you look at david god says go kill these people go and go 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 get go 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 and stand in front of the mulberry bush and i will do this man that guy what faith he had he goes he goes into battle god shakes the mulberry tree david kills all of them he has a victory wasn't that a risk all right david guy is some 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 uh, a prophet pours some oil on his head and say you're going to be king now next thing you know david knows he's standing in front of this goliath who's 10 feet with a huge spear and a sword all right what isn't that a risk he would have been more happier looking after the sheep he's telling you here the body of christ must take risks why that's when you see the hand of god that's when you become productive who am i speaking to i'm speaking to the body of christ because when i study this it shocks me all right god is not looking for a funeral service in a church he's looking for active powerful christians who will go out and do something you know most of the churches outside when they have conventions you know what they do the morning session they will learn afternoon session they'll go out into the streets they will heal the sick they will uh, heal the blind and they will bring them into the church for the evening service it's just an amazing thing what do they do they are going out on a limb to see the productivity which god has for you and i and that's what miss is missing in us proverbs 14:4 says where no oxen are the crib is clean but much increase is by the strength of the ox so if you have a financial constraint constraint you have a financial problem you don't know where your next money is going to come from don't sit and pray ask the lord what you should do next and he would have told you a long time ago about you having oxen in your crib why because the oxen gives you results you're supposed to have businesses you're supposed to have many things cast your bread on many waters what does that mean it means do so many different things so that some of them will become productive for you so he says if you want your crib clean don't have an ox sit back be lazy but if you want a breakthrough it's not about prayer it's about you getting oxen and then you getting the strength of the oxen tell me you have a choice you have a nice cow in your oxen you have two choices right you can use it and make it productive how will you make it productive you can mate it and you can have more uh, calves and you can sell the milk right or you can straight away have a barbecue yes a big barbecue now everyone here most of us would prefer a barbecue but what i would like to do i would like to rear the calf i'd like to uh, grow the cow and then have a series of barbecues why because when you start getting a return on your investment that is what god is looking for he's looking at productivity okay but then it's a choice you want the crib clean amen you want the crib full work and you know what the bible says work hard he talks about the hands always in the bible holy hands righteous hands blessed hands hands which lift up hands which destroy hands which break down he talks about hands there's such an importance given to the hand he talks about the right hand of power why because the works of my hands are blessed are the works of your hands blessed yes it's always based on your productivity all right now let me show you something here a wise man he builds his house on a rock yes that's like young rohan the young rohan grew up in the church plays the drums for the church grows up he's a wise man he builds his house on a rock okay he gets married he continues building right we don't know what kind of wife he's going to get but when the wife comes see what the bible says proverbs 14 and verse 1 every 
wise woman buildeth her house. Hey, look at me. It is not the man who builds the house. It is the woman. Because the man does not have the capacity or the intuition or the wisdom to build a house. It is the woman's job. Please listen to me very carefully. The man's job is to lay the foundation. And he builds that foundation on the rock. And from there the woman, his wife, his spouse builds it up. Now watch this. Every wise woman buildeth a house. But the foolish plucketh it down with what? With her hands. By what? By the works of her hands. What did she do? She destroyed whatever there was. How did she do it? By the works of her hands. How did she do it? Okay? Because you see the hands can either break down or can build up. And if the wise woman is not wise anymore, there is a problem. Pray tell how a person gets wisdom. Tell me how does a person acquire wisdom? You go to college, you do your MBA, yeah, I got wisdom. No, you don't. You got knowledge. Tell me how you get wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the, it's just the beginning. It is not wisdom. It is the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, a wise woman fears the Lord and builds the house. A unwise woman does not fear the Lord. Therefore, no wisdom. Therefore, what? Breaks down systematically what God has put for her. Think with me. Look left, look right. What do you see? I hope you're seeing wisdom. I hope you're seeing wise women. Because every wise woman, there is no condition here. It says every wise woman, not a few wise women. Every wise woman buildeth her, her house, but the foolish plucketh it down. Do you know what building means? It is a process. It is not a one day effort. It is a process which is lifelong. It takes 365 days till the day you die to build a house. The foolish women, okay, break down the house. Wise woman buildeth the house, but the foolish... It says, plucketh it down with her hands. Are you? Amen, I'm talking to you. Are you building or are you breaking down? You're building, you're breaking down. I'll tell you, the only way you'll build down is by being productive. I'm going to a chapter which most women love, but which most women do not follow. Proverbs 31. And we are reading verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? And I looked up the meaning of virtuous. Alright? I'm going to give you the meaning of virtuous. Make a note if you will. Meaning of virtuous. Righteous. Good. Moral. Morally correct. Ethical. Upright. Upstanding. High-minded. Right-minded. Hey, right-minded. Right-thinking. Principled. Exemplary. Clean. Law-abiding. Lawful. Irreproachable. Blameless. Guiltless. Unimpeachable. Just. Honest. Honorable. Unbribable. Incorruptible. Anti-corruption. Scrupulous. Re uh, reputable. Decent. Respectable. Noble. Lofty. Elevated. Worthy. Trustworthy. Meritorious. Praiseworthy. Commendable, admirable, laudable, pure, pure as the driven snow, whiter than white, sinless, saintly, saint-like, godly, angelic, immaculate, impeccable, and squeaky clean. That's what a virtuous woman is. Can you believe that? And God loves you women more than men. Can I hear an amen? Because he has given you this ability to multitask. To build your house with your hands. The question is, do you fear God? Are you conning God? Because if you fear God, my brother, my sister, your house will be mighty. Your house will stand. 
But you know what some of our women do? Oh, oh this, this, this buffalo I got as a husband. Oh, God. Why did you give me this man? You deserve what you got. God, God knows what you need. Listen to me. God always gives you sandpaper. Yes or no? The first two years, sometimes in some cases the first 10 years, it is sandpaper, it is sandpaper, it is sandpaper. God causes your spouse to grind and smoothen what is not worthy. Talking about productivity, yeah? Let's read Proverbs 31. Who can find a virtuous woman? For a price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. The heart of a husband does safely trust in her. In case a husband doesn't trust in his wife, it's because the wife is not operating in the wisdom of God and she's actually pulling down the house. It has nothing to do with money, status, pride, any of that junk. It's about the fear of God in the women. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now, ladies, please pay attention. She seeketh woolen flags, worketh willingly with her hands. You know what this means? She does not know what, what, what to do with woolen flags. She inquires, she acquires knowledge about flags and what to do with flags, all right? And she is not lazy and she is willing to work. She is like a merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. Know what this means? She plans her future of her family. She riseth also while it is night. Do you know why she wakes up early in the morning? Because she's got a day fully packed. She's not meant to sit there and make dosa and katla and, 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 and milk and uh, chips for you guys all the time. Please understand, her job is highly, highly productive, highly important. Alright? She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household. Oh, by the, by the way, did you know that she doesn't have to go to the supermarket in the morning to buy it. It's already there in the house. What does that show you? It shows you management skills. Yes or no? It talks about planning. All right, watch this. And a portion to her. Oh, so she's running, she's, she's, she, she's running a house with a lot of other people, not just herself. She shows great management expertise and skills. All right? Second thing is she manages her time extremely well and she manages her resources she considers the field i'll tell you why i'd never buy property without i get until i get an okay from shirley you know why women have something called intuition and i learned this from my dad my mom will say don't do it don't do it do it he will do it and guess what he will fall flat on his face and then what will mom say i told you so she considered a field wait 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 look at this and she buys it with the fruit of her hands she plants a vineyard she is not begging her husband to give her money to do x y and z she is productive okay 
Listen to me, I'm not trying to make this negative. I'm trying to make this absolutely positive as I can because God loves women specifically. There is a precise reason for this. See, the first evangelist was whom? Was a woman, all right? Who, whose seed destroys the head of Satan? A woman's seed. You understand? God has a special place for women. And he says, you are the ones who build the house, not the husband. The husband is not capable. She considered the field and by it with the fruit of her hand, she planted the vineyard. What does she do? She manages money wisely. She makes investments and makes her investments give her a return. What does she do? She makes her investments give her a return. You know something? You know the second biggest problem in any relationship is my money, your money. My money, your money. It's never your money or my money. It is always God's money. And you are just towards of it. She, what's the word? What is perceive? It's a perception. What is that? It's intuition. Where does it come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. All right. She perceives that her merchandise is good. She understands there's value in what she's doing. Her candle goes not out by night. She has insight. She has foresight. And she has intuition. In other words, she has value. Right? It doesn't matter what you're doing. You may be running a laundry business, you have value to it. You may be running a cake business, you have value to it. Why? Because it's something God told you to do. Watch this. She laid the hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches for the hands to the needy. Wow, look at the virtuous, virtuosity of the virtuous woman, right? Now, she's not afraid of the snow. Why? For her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Where are we? What has she done? She has already made the provision. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. In other words, men be absolutely proud of how you clothe your women. Buy them the best clothes. Why? They are an extension of you. Make them look absolutely beautiful. Why? Why? Because the Bible says so. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sitteth among the elders of the land. Watch this. She maketh fine linen and sells it. And delivers girdles unto the merchants. Alright? Strength and honor are her... Come on, read that with me. Strength and honor is a woman's clothing. I mean, from this... I feel that God is very biased towards women. He just loves women and not men. <laughs> Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in times to come. Amen. I love the next verse. It is just an amazing verse. It just blows my mind when I read it. Come on, can I ask the whole church to read it? I'm sorry, what? She opens her mouth and what comes out? Sorry, what? Sorry, what? Open your mouth. What should come out? Wisdom. What comes out? Words of life. Why? If you fear God, what comes out? Words of life. You know what? Words that build up a house need to come out, not words that destroy a house. If you have value to the vows you made on your marriage day, learn to operate in wisdom. Why? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you discard wisdom, it means you don't fear God. You're just fooling yourself, you're fooling God.
She opened her mouth with wisdom. Whoa. And in her tongue is the law of anger. What's the law? Kindness. She looketh well to the ways of a household and eateth not the bread of idleness. She looketh what? She thinks, she plans. Her children, I love this. Her children rise up and call her. Her children and her husband, what do they do? They will call her blessed and he praiseth her. Now, men, it's your turn. You know what our Indian culture dictates? That women are no good. And we've got our own mindset on how we treat our women. There's only one mindset on how you treat your women. And you lift them up and you keep them up there because they are a great blessing to you and I. And you must learn to honor and respect them. You know why? Her clothes are strength and honor. Always bless your spouse. Bless your wife. You know why? The, the building that you give her, she makes it a home. You understand? She can make it a mental asylum as well for you. Or she can make it a home. But you got to choose. And I'll tell you something. When wisdom prevails in the house, everything goes smoothly. And you know what is built up? The house is built up. You know how many generations? Thousands of generations. Or you may hate the guy you married and you will destroy it. And you know what? You're destroying your household for a thousand generations. Think with me. And you know what all this is about? I'm not here to destroy women. I'm here to show productivity of women. And also men. If the women are productive, you should be double productive. Because if a woman is more productive than you, you lose respect. That's the issue. You've got to be as productive or more productive. Why? God is a God who blesses the works of your hands. And for your hands to be blessed, you need the fear of God. You need the wisdom of God. Without that, nothing happens. Let me ask you a simple question. Do you fear the Lord? When you get a phone call in church, do you run outside the church and answer it? No. Hopefully not. Do you give first place to God? You see, you always have to prioritize God. But out of all this, I always say this to people I counsel, I always say this to my children, I always say this to my wife. A wife will either make you or break you. There is no in-betweens. Have you heard me say that? A wife will either make you or break you. When a wife starts breaking, get on your knees, pray, ask the Lord for wisdom on how not to be broken, how to be resilient, how to be strong. And God will shut the other person's mouth. If he can shut Daniel's mouth, I mean, sorry, the lion, lion's mouth, he can shut and change your spouse's words from life, no, from death to life. Having said this, a lot of women are very, very insecure. Okay? Now listen to me carefully. Everywhere in the Bible, it shows you Jesus empowering women. Okay? When there is insecurity, you definitely need the fear of God. 
when you have the fear of God, wisdom comes in. And wisdom tells you what to do. All right? We've had great cakes from Linda. Yes or no? Linda is a highly qualified person in software. All right? She's staying, staying home to look after children. Now, God says to her, make a business out of a, your cake making. So what does she do? Simple example. She makes a gorgeous cake. All right? She brings it to the church. All of us taste the cake. And we know it's fabulous. So now, Linda has an idea. Linda takes her to the street, gets all the church friends and comes out with her and say, okay, I'm going to give you guys a piece of cake. What do you guys do? All right? Go and tell everybody outside that you're eating the best cake. You're going to eat Linda's cake and it is the greatest cake you've ever eaten. So 20 of us go out, we eat a piece of the cake and we tell all the people around her, around them, what? That, that is the best cake they've ever eaten. Right? Now what happens is she has already made another 20 cakes. Those people come, they buy the 20 cakes, and now what happens? She's got a business. So the next day, what does she do? She brings 50 other people, and what does she do? She gives them a piece of cake, right? In other words, she's doing the second part. The first one was what? She was being productive. The second part is what? She's becoming, she's multiplying. She makes 20 cakes, 40 cakes, whatever, and what does she do? She sells. And over a period of time, guess what? She has a powerful market, all right? Now, when she has a market, all right, she's competing with Macronet, she's competing with whom? Uh, a cake shop, she's competing with so many other people. When she does extremely well, within a few months, guess what? She can have domination over the market. Now, when she has domination on the market, on the cake box, she prints, uh, she prints on the box, all right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What is she doing? She's going to reach out to the thousands of people. What is she doing? She's dominating the market. These four principles which the Bible has given us, that Christians have not used. What are the four principles? Talk to me. Fruitful, which is productive. Then, multiplication, right? So she makes, instead of making one cake, she makes 20 cakes. Then what else? That means the next day, what does she have to do? She has to replenish her stock, right? And then what's the next part? Subdue. That means what? She gets macronate to close down. Why? It didn't come from God. What came from God? Only what came from God stands. Let's take Hannah and Stephen, all right? They both are amazing people. What do they know? Gym, right? Fitness, health. They start one gym. They have some peculiar thing which they're doing. They're showing great effect, right? They start a second gym. They start a third gym. They start a fourth gym. What happens? They're multiplying. They've been productive. They become, they follow multiplication. What happens? <clears throat> the gym they're working for now will close down. Why? Because they've been multiplying. And then what happens? They subdue. When they subdue, guess what happens? They are operating in dominion. And in their gyms, they play Christian music. And they preach the gospel. And guess what? That becomes an avenue for people to be saved. You see? You become productive. Sitting on your knees and praying does not make you productive. It just makes you lazy. Get up. Go out. Take a risk. Do something powerful. And you women... You women, listen to me. The reason I was focusing on the women is because you have such abilities which men do not have. You all should get up. You all should shine. You should do something powerful because you know why? God is with you. This was never to downgrade you but to tell you how powerful and how valuable you are and how productive our women can be. Uh, uh, Tanya's mom, auntie is how many? Only 45 years old. Oh, but she says, oh, I'm so old. Noah was called at 500 to build a ark 
Think with me. It has nothing to do with age. It's about how productive you want to be. Instead of sitting there and praying, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. Go out and understand your hands are blessed. Go out and do something and build your homes. Amen.